It's another week, and we gotta finish our conversation about the 2017 Power Rangers movie. I'm Rhino. I'm still Ken. And we are the Podcast Rangers. Still Ranger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino, as always, joined by my co-host, Ken. Still Ken. And we are literally just picking up right where we left off last week to talk about the 2017 Power Rangers movie. So we are uh, we're just going to dive right in. I don't even know where we left off. So uh, because uh, fun fact, I'm recording this after we were done recording. So right here we're just gonna pick up with that conversation and go three two one go i really enjoy the casting of jason's father in this uh as david um Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i said his name earlier and i already forgot it again denman or something like that uh roy from the office i i just like how he is with the police officer when he comes to investigate on the boat and he's like oh it smells terrible and he's like yeah you should write that down fishing boat smells terrible and he's like, all right, here's my keys. I got to lock up beers in the fridge. And I like that. He's just like, have a beer. <laughs> like, That's I mean, like, I think that illustrates to like how small of a town this is like that. These individuals probably know each other to some extent uh, or also. Right. I was going to say Roy, Roy has a real job at an office. His, somewhere. His name is Sam Scott, like Jason Scott. Uh, Yes, I know because Sam, give me your yeah. hand. Um, but I, this may like was the turn that I took on this guy because, like, as watching him only in the office mm-hmm. previously, I was like, I hate this man. But in this, I'm just like, he's not that bad. Like, he's a father who wants his son to be better and to have a life that is better than what he has even if it's not necessarily what the son wants to do, like he's, his only intention is to be like, look, you need a ticket out of this town. Right. Yeah. And like, that's his primary goal. It's not because he's trying to be like a jerk about it. It's just like, you're screwing up, but you're screwing up your ride away from this. Like, do you want this? Do you want to be me? And that's, what he's trying to get Jason away from. So I took a turn on uh, this guy very early on. And I think like initially when you first see the, the actor and like the character in the movie, like you're, you're supposed to like side with Jason and be like, no, yeah, the dad's wrong. And it's just like, no, he's not like, maybe that's an adult perspective, like where I'm able to appreciate that a little bit more, but I definitely appreciate what he's trying to do for Jason much more than I, I probably would have as a teenager. Well, I said, I also enjoy, uh, so then we, the kids get to the quarry and they all come back to the quarry and they're also, I, I, I don't know why I never picked up on this before, but I was like, a rock quarry is inherently power Rangers. They are always fighting. Yes. And then in a rock quarry. So I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the score that kicks in when they all start running, um, like up the, up the sides of the mountains or whatever, uh, like the little cat children or something. Um, <laughs> and I said, I, I like the scene where they all make the jump, especially again, this is another scene where RJ Siler is like, 
he excels, I think, where he is, he, where they're all jumping and like Jason and uh, Kimberly jump. And then he's left over there and he's like, all right, Billy, if you die, what's going to happen to your mama? Like, and I, I just love the scene he has for himself. And I think he's just, he's one of those people where I think he's like perfectly cast. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking the scene where they jump down into the water and they're in slow motion in the water. Um, I remember the first time I saw this, I thought that scene went on for way too long. And then when I rewatch it, I'm Mm -hmm. like, this isn't that long. It's only like 30 seconds, if that. But like, it's also like this weird moment where they chose to slow everything down to be like, look at how cool they're going in slow motion. But it's like upside down, right side up. I do not get the fascination with the water in this. Uh, So I have a thought about this, but it comes later on when they're coming back out of the so because okay, i've got it I've but got it's not about it it's not too. it's not tied to the fight scene but it's why i think they're doing it and how it ties into the original show but we'll go back to it just remind me okay but because well, i did write another thing about when jason jumps up into the water um but uh so yeah so the water scene and then i said billy's love for jason is just so pure because whenever anything happens billy is always yelling to jason because it like when they're about to fall mm-hmm. out of the water, he's just like, Jason, I'm slipping. And I'm always just like, what a sweet little boy. What a sweet little angel. Um, and I, well, it's like the, sorry, you have to assume that this might be the first person, like first other adolescent, like teen that has shown any sort of like interest or care for Billy. Mm-hmm. So he's latching on to him and not in a negative way, but like as someone who's like, he's someone who is like shown that he wants to be my friend. Like, it's not just like him being nice to me. It's he's shown that he actually cares. And Jason does care. Like you see that definitely. But I think like, that's one of the reasons why like Jason being that first person who does that. And like all the other Rangers do eventually care for Billy. I think it's like Jason being the first one to show an interest to be like, you know, you're not like, you're pretty cool. It's it's one of those things where, you know, that's significant to Billy and like his development later on. So I think that's probably why it's one of those things where it's like very pure, like it's his friend and potentially his best friend up to this point is like he wants assistance. He wants help or like he wants to show him or like he just wants all that stuff. He just, you know, I I think um, there's also an interesting scene that a dynamic that's set up here, too, because when they fall out, like Trini ends up on top of Zach and like a compromising position and he makes like a, a joke and she's just like, really? And I think it's funny that they kind of are they're playing on that stereotypical like rom-com or like whatever dramatic thing. We're like, oh, these two, they're going to get together. And that's the twist later. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I I wrote um, I've never I've never minded the idea that the command center is an alien spaceship buried in the ground. I think that's actually I'm quite all right with that. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I said um but there is this like line right away um, when they get in and they meet alpha for the first time. And like, they're all together and Jason's just like, we will kill you. And I'm like, Jesus, slow down, Jason. <laughs> like we're jumping to murder. And then again, I wrote down what I already said earlier. Where alpha says the thing about different colored kids. I always really like that. I just think that bill Hader as the voice of alpha is like pretty, pretty great casting right there too. Yes. I like as someone who had to 
I guess had to is a wrong term, but like who would show Power Rangers to other individuals and be like, yeah, no, it's great. And they're like, well, Alpha kind of sucks. And I'm just like, yeah, but Alpha is whatever. But like Bill Hader, I think, is like that entry point. I think Alpha saves their lives when the command center explodes, saves them. My my fiance was like, well, I'll give it a shot because Bill Hader's in it. Oh, well, that I think I think Bill Hader. Um, uh, oh, my God. Cranston. What's his name? <laughs> Brian, Cranston. Brian Cranston. I wanted to call him Billy. And I'm like, that's Billy's <laughs> real name, though, because Billy Cranston, his name, they say his name comes from Brian Cranston. I don't know if I 100 percent believe that. But um, and uh, I Elizabeth Banks are like the big names that reel you in, I guess. Although nowadays, if you were to go back and look at it and see the ranks, you'd be like, oh, it's the kid from Stranger Things. And then R.J. Siler's mm-hmm. been in a million things now. And Becky G is incredibly popular. And then Naomi Scott, you'd be like, Jasmine or Charlie's Angels. And Ludi Lin, hmm, I mean, he was in Aquaman. I think he's going to be in Mortal Kombat as well. So he's all yeah, these he's kids. Luke doing Kang well in Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Um, but, but, you know, so, but anyway, um, also, like speaking of Zach, like when they're when they finally get into that main hub of the ship and they meet Zordon and they try to run away again and then they're all like talking by the door. Zach's like, "When what happens if we get?" He says, "Then we kill it." And I'm like, "Good lord, are all these children murderers? Like, slow down with killing." I think maybe maybe this is like the first generation where you see like the stranger danger, like negative aspects of like, well, if you get trapped in a well white panelist van, like, what do you do? And you murder well i just i hate the it's weird too because you know power rangers doesn't use words like kill you know they say destroy and Mm. i do feel like there is something like that in there where they're it is very heavy later when they're in the baseball field and they're like you know they want us to kill rita and i'm like this like million year old being wants you to murder this lady like okay i wish you just say which is also weird because like i don't want these kids to be murderers it's weird that like they would associate that with like the first thing to do because like they were teammates originally. Like, yes, she she destroyed the or murdered the rest of the team or like she's the reason for their destruction. Yeah. But like Zordon to be like, you need to murder her. It's such well, a he weird never really thing says that I don't think in the movie, but they're just like they just take it on themselves where they're like, so it makes the power Rangers out to be this platoon of murderers, this teenage murdering squad. But, but anyway, that's fine. But I, I do have an issue with this scene <laughs> there in the first scene in the command center. When alpha introduces himself, he gives it, it's an acronym. He alpha stands for whatever he said. He says, I'm a blah, 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 blah. And those are a L F a L P H a. And I'm like, mm. F that. Like Alpha, I first of all, if Alpha was built by Zordon, who is not speaking English in this beginning of this movie, Alpha would not stand for those words that he just said. It would stand for something else. Right. Okay. Uh, and then on top of that, I didn't need an acronym. I would believe that a robot's name was Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, whatever you want to call it. I, I believe that those names. Never Charlie. Well, Charlie's a bit too much. <laughs> What would you do? Okay, so like if we're talking about Alpha, what do you think of his design? I thought, okay, so I remember when I first saw it, I was like, this is disgusting. How dare you? Um, Because I did not like the eyeballs on the side of his head. 
Um, because mm-hmm. I was, but then like when I rewatched the movie, I'm like, you know what? It fits this version of Alpha. Like his longer arms, because they do serve a purpose. His like staunch little belly. He's like a little Igor to Frankenstein. You know, it's it's it like it works. What is uh, he? His little eyes remind me of something, and I can't remember what. Like, there's just something with those little yellow eyes that are. Well, there's a big thing with a lot of that, like because Alpha's got it in his head. And the command center has it in the viewing, the sphere, the globe area, and they have it on their chests. It's all interconnected through that morphing grid thing is what I, I think is. I know, but there's some like 80s movie that has that same sort of weird, like yellow little like bulb eyes aesthetic. And I'm just trying to anyway, um, continue. So like. So I, I just I I do have an issue with his acronym. Like somebody was like, oh, no one's going to buy that. This robot's name is just Alpha. And I'm like, well, you didn't explain the name Putties. You didn't explain the name Rita Repulsa. So I don't think you needed to explain Alpha, but you did. But whatever. Um, I said, it's also interesting. Um, I, I said, what's interesting that this movie has that, that I don't think Power Rangers really had until a little bit later, at least not in the beginning, is that why they're fighting over Earth like Rita's trying to destroy earth because she wants to destroy the closest planet and it's where zordon is but they never really explain like what they're after just like earth's domination but you know and then later it's about other stuff but this 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 movie gave it a purpose like she's after that zeo crystal you know um Mm -hmm. and uh and i said um i said i feel like because then when zordon starts talking about goldar i'm always like Goldar, I think, is the number one character who really got the shaft in this movie, because I think people think of like, oh, well, it's Rita and Goldar. And I'm like, Goldar was on the show more than Rita. I feel like people forget that because Goldar was a character all throughout Zeo. And, um, you know, and it's like they just turned him. It's like somebody did the bare amount of research. They were like, "Okay, well, his name's Goldar. So let's have him be about gold and he won't speak. He's just a giant monster. And I'm like. Um, Goldar, if anything, was the most intelligent of all her warriors. I feel like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm just like, she, he was like a general versus like what would be subordinates, right? Yeah. He was, he was second in command. He was next in charge. I think after, and like his race wasn't gold monster. It was like he was, was a, a monster that happened to have like gold armor. Well, he, and wings. well, if you look at him, he's got a tail and everything. He's like a monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never. Yeah, I, I mean, my thing says gold looks lame. Goldar looks lame. Well, it's weird because he's it's it's just basically his suit, his walking suit, but it's not him. And it's like it's one of those aspects of the movie where I feel like it was they didn't really do the research. And then also they were just like, eh, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know what you planned on later, but you backed yourself into a corner. Cause Goldar could have been a pretty interesting character, like how they deal with him in the comic books and stuff like that. But whatever mm-hmm. comic books came after this. So it's fine. But right. um, I also think, um, I think there was more to the Jason Zordon storyline too. Like where's Jason and Zordon have a lot of one-on-one moment or a couple of one-on-one moments but like even later in the movie he brings the power sword back and like when he's unmorphed and puts it behind the chair that's in the command center because that's like the pilot seat of the ship but it's weird that he makes such a big deal about putting it back but there's no big deal about that weapon it just appears so i think that was something like special like that was supposed to appear in a moment of something right like so when they're (sighs) 
and this ties into like some of my problems with the movie, but like the sword comes out of nowhere. Right. And then he puts it back and Zordon's like, you should keep that. Like it fits you or whatever, like something along those lines. Right. And he's like, I'll come back for it. Like, yeah, I'll come back. Okay. But what's significant? That just came out of your arm in the fight scene that happened like 20 minutes ago. So why do we care that you'll come back for it? Because it can just come out of your arm. Yeah. That's what I felt like, too, where I was like, okay, this must have had some sort of more meaning in some original draft or something like that. Like it's a key, but a key maybe also um when they leave the command center and jason like jumps up and they go through the water again i'm like okay so do they just get drenched every time they go through they have to get in and out of the command center because like what happens to their cell phones (laughs) so so i think i figured out why they're putting so much emphasis on the water thing and it's potentially completely wrong but i think it has some so like if you think back to the power rangers stuff the thing that a lot of people recognize is like the flipping over the camera. Mm-hmm. Like even before they're morphed, like you have Billy or Zach or Trini or Kimberly, like flipping over the camera, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they're about to fight putties. Right. And then they do it when they're morphed too. They do that same thing. The first few shots when they're in the water morphed is that same sort of like flipping motion. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like, that's their way to like, tie back some sort of visual cue to the the original show budget to be honest i just don't understand like why they needed to fight in the water and i feel like Like, i guess really was like a thing that it it, you know that cost extra to do that and it cut out things that they were able to do later so that's why i'm like because this movie had a very tight budget it's it's slow motion fighting so they get longer runtime for fighting in the suits well versus we'll, stuff we'll that they would have that. to do we'll get in... to it later because i do have i do have some stuff that you might not have seen that has to do with that too but um so i also i was writing um i wrote zach's story makes me sad which it does because his mother that always makes me sad um i said i like the scene with jason and his dad in the garage i said the truck is is the truck a metaphor for their relationship? Because the truck's kind of crushed like they are with each other right now. And then, but he says, he says, um, the frame is still good and the engine runs. So it's up to you if you want to repair it. My dog is going crazy. I don't know if that's picking up right now, but I'm She's like, I don't want you to talk about Jason and his dad. He's like, I can't deal with this right now. This is too emotional for me. We're dealing with a pandemic. You think I want to talk about Jason and Roy? Um, so, yeah. So anyway, I said uh, also I like when the uh, that's around the time when the police officer comes up, that synth score kicks back in again. Um, Is this the first time that comes back? I don't know if it's the first time, but it's definitely very present in this scene. I believe it's okay, the funeral so it's scene prominent. too. But um, and then they go back into their training, and I like that they included the three basic rules of what it took to be a Power Ranger. Um, I like the mm-hmm. design of the putties. Uh, I like how they form. I said whenever I hear the song "Hand Clap" um, by um, Fits in the Tantrums, I always only ever will think of this movie now. Um, I, I wrote this down too. I said, when the Zords formed, they took on the appearance of the most powerful beings on the planet. So when Alpha introduces them to the Zords, he says that. I said, when they become the Megazord, is it because the Rangers and or Goldar are now the most powerful organism on the planet? So it takes the shape of either of them. 
<sighs> Do you think that's what happens when Goldar defeats them and it pushes them into that fire? I know they're grasping each other, but it looks very similar to how he looks. And I guess, also yeah, it's it basically wings, a giant right? it's basically a giant Power Ranger too. It's got wings. So I think the idea is that it's now it's an undefeatable thing. So it it one forms them together, which is the aspect of together we are more, but also I think it forms what is the most powerful thing and it's either a oh Power my- Ranger or or Goldar because Goldar I just, just thought it was them. a crappy design. I know I did too until I thought about this because I don't think I don't think it reseparates. I think that's what they are now. You don't think the Zords like no, separated? I don't more? think it's like a Transformer power. I don't think it's like like a Voltron. It's not a Voltron anymore. No, it's like it's like it's one unit. There's no separating. Even though you can see those things, I'm like, no, there's no way this is the thing that will re- that will now break down into five individual zords again. And they're not they're not even together in like a command like room. I, that doesn't bother me because I do like the idea that they are still individuals that control a whole. But um but I do I do I did think that this time I was finally like, is that why it's the way it is? It's still ugly. If that is an ugly, ugly Megazord, it is not the ugliest Megazord. It is an ugly Megazord. Yeah. Um. I also I said I love that Billy was the first one to morph. I think that's great because he's pure. I said mm-hmm. I also like that Zordon. I didn't realize it's the first time I saw it. It took like a couple of viewings for me to get it. I'm I'm not super quick on the intake, but that Zordon is also going through a learning journey the same way the Power Rangers are. He's adapting to this like new role and what it means to become a mentor. Well, he's in and I have I have in my notes like I was like I like that he's kind of crappy to them. And that's not the language I wrote down, but I was like, he's kind of like snotty to them. He's like, well, you're just no. stupid kids. Yeah, he's like, get out. He just yells at them to get out. Well, and then that's the confrontation that Jason and him have is that Jason is base is says to him like, "Hey, you failed. Your team is dead." And Jason's like, "Well, you, and Doran's like, you're a loser." <laughs> like, yeah. So I like I appreciate that. Like, it's not like so often do we had we seen like Zordon be this like perfect being being like I'm choosing you to do this because you have to do this and it's like I'm going to protect you from this and this and this like he was like a prominent figure who was protecting them and was coddling them almost but to see like the Zordon in this movie be like you're terrible you're garbage like I should (laughs) there's a reason why this world is like doomed is pretty significant, I think. Yeah, no. Um, my dogs are now playing with each other too, and the dishes are being put away. So I apologize if any of that's getting picked up here. Um, <laughs> it's it, this is life in this quarantine time, and I am recording this in a room where I don't have the luxury of closing a door or anything. Unfortunately, I record in a lot. Well, maybe you so. should invest in a recording closet i really i should say i was thinking i would get one of those like inflatable bubbles and that might help that i can just like <laughs> like the cone of silence on get smart um i'm just imagining you getting like an inflatable like bouncy castle and putting it up in your loft um that's tempting uh so i wrote <laughs> i wrote here um the Rita scene in the jewelry store is one of my favorite i i just enjoy Rita in that scene and i like kind of the ridiculousness of how she is and then um i 
I like the buildup to when she slams the coin into the cane and she, you know, blocks away the bullet. I wish there was more of that, you know? Um, and then I wish there was more Riga. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do. I do feel like she's a pretty, pretty great version. I wish there was some more hand to hand stuff with Rita because I write about that in a little bit mm. here, but I said the fire scene, the fire pit scene in this movie is actually probably my favorite scene in the movie. I said, it, it's interesting. It's emotional to me. I always do get emotional when I listen to it for all their various different reasons relating to some of their stories more than others. But then like just that, that, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great scene in the movie, but I said, it's interesting because it's like, they already have this emotional wall that they individually have, or you could call it armor themselves. It's this emotional trauma that they've Mm -hmm. turned up that like keeps people at arm's length or keeps each other away. And then in that sense, and then when they let down that armor to let each other in, that's when they find this new stronger armor. So again, together we are more. So it's like, it's an interesting, it's like an extra level into what it means to be together with them. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I also enjoy that this is where like Billy talks about why he was in detention. He says he blew up his lunchbox. And I think that's a <laughs> nod to the breakfast club because Brian and the breakfast club blew up the lunch. I think it was Brian, the nerd quote unquote yeah, nerd blew up, Brian the, the brain. blew up the, his locker. It wasn't a lunchbox, but it was a flare gun, but it was, you know, I have a, I have breakfast club circle multiple times in my notes. Yeah. Um, I also think it's incredibly sad because Jason doesn't talk a lot in this scene, but when he says, he says, um, so, I forget what it's like. Zach says something to him and he says, um, Oh my God. But Jason's response is because everyone knows exactly who I am. And I'm like, ah, it's so, it's like a heavy thing because he's just basically saying like, what else do you want to know? Nobody actually wants to know because the moment he well, did the one thing wrong, everyone not, turned on him. He's not letting it, like, you're talking about like all these people like letting down their armor that they have. Like he's not necessarily like he's the last holdout as the leader, like to let down his armor, even though he enjoys these individuals, like even though he likes the idea or the prospect of having this team in this responsibility, he's still not letting down the armor that he has. Like, well, he's, he still he's assumes also, that there's some, he's the most public, he's the most popular and most prolific of them. So his thing is that he, he, he's a public figure and he feels like he, yeah, he doesn't want to let people in sort of a thing. So it's, it's an, it's an and interesting that's, that's, side of it. It's one of those things of like, once people have these preconceived notions of something, regardless of how true they are, like it's so hard to change those preconceived notions, right? Like you already assume, you know who I am. So it's much more work for me to try to change that. Um, It's also, it's like also Trini's speech always breaks my heart when they find out, you know, like it's actually, it's a, it's not a boy problem. It's a girl problem, but it's, it's, it's the whole speech she gives about her parents wanting her to be like sort of a certain label addressed a certain way. And you're like, it's sad because I just, this whole thing about like safe spaces. And this is about having that space to let that down. And you're realizing like, Oh, none of these kids have that in their life. Really? Jason doesn't have that relationship Mm. with his father. You know, Zach can't have that discussion with his dying mother. Billy lost the one person he had that with in life, you know, and he doesn't have that connection with his mother. And then 
you know, and then Kimberly being the cheerleader. So it's, it's all really interesting how they go through it in different ways. But then Billy says to her, you know, you're with us now. And I always think that's such a precious, precious thing because he's just like, Oh, he's just, Oh, we're so together. But then she asks like, are we together? Are we actually friends or are we just power Rangers? And you're like, Hmm. Hmm. But then also, yeah, it's, it's so easy to assume, but then, well, there's this weird cut here too, that I always had trouble with because then it's immediately the next scene is the Rita hovering over Trini's bed. And I, it took me like three viewings before I noticed because I'm like, why aren't the parents coming in? But you can see the car is leaving the driveway. Like it's a two second clip of like the exterior of the house, but they're leaving. So that's why you're like, oh, nobody came in because she's home by herself. And so, so did she wait outside before she came in to be like, I'm waiting for your parents to leave. Maybe she was waiting for her to be alone, not necessarily the parents, but to isolate her. And could have been waiting days. Well, I also think it's interesting this shot because she chooses to go after Trini. Um, and I do like this scene too, because this is when Rita quote unquote, like kind of morphs and the, the back and forth between them is cool. And this is, this is that darker part where she says, I killed the yellow ranger before. And you're like, this is dark. Like, but Mm -hmm. I also sometimes think like, maybe this scene should have been with her and Jason because, you know, the scene, the movie opened with the red and the green. And so like, I always felt like Jason and Rita don't have a thing. Like it, it, like there should have been something maybe tied to them. If, if it's the two red Rangers are tied together, but I'm not saying, cause I don't want it to all be red Ranger. Cause then it would be too heavy because then the next scene is Kimberly and Jason. So it'd be like too much. Right. But especially given like the last scene, like the fire pit scene, like the fact that Jason doesn't open up completely to everybody else. Like this could have been one of those like drama adding scenes where you have this idea of like, she's potentially able to corrupt Jason as an imperfect red Ranger versus Zordon. Right. Like, that would have potentially made more sense. Well, I think that's kind of what the, that's because that's the next scene is when they're all at the football field and they're all saying like, mm-hmm. we're just going to go and do this because we're going to do it. And regardless of what Zordon wants. And then, and um, you know, because like F that guy, he's been lying to us all about trying to come back to life and blah, blah, blah. And so they go and, I, and I'm always like, that's why I think it's interesting because he's got that negativity towards Zordon because it's like he let him down or something. But, um, I, I also said I um, I also thought the way Kimberly chooses to wake Jason up is a little threatening like who's like I gotta wake you up so I'm gonna put my hand over your mouth like I get it so you don't scream but at the same time like wouldn't the somebody suffocating me be the thing that makes me scream but um, I, I said also not like anybody would hear. I don't like that they were asked to kill Rita but I do like that they band together thinking it was for a specific reason only to discover that they weren't ready so it's like they had to realign the reason why they were going after her so it wasn't to ki- that's why later they're not there to kill her and that's why they succeed you know and so it's just one of those things where I do like that scene where they go after her at the at the uh, harbor but it's like I wish there was more of that. They're, I guess. they're trying to go after like they're the warriors or something. Well, it's just, like, it, they just have like bats and chains and stuff. it's that moment where I think they don't realize they still don't realize there's consequences to the actions they take, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I said, I wish they fought like putties or something a little more in the movie unmorphed. Also when Billy, uh, dies or drowns, he doesn't drown, but I think that's the thing. He doesn't actually drown, but it kind of seems like it drowns in the movie. Cause when he comes back to life, he coughs up the water and stuff, but he's dead before he goes in the water. She kills him and then lets him drop down. You know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure, but none of them even attempt CPR. And I'm like, your school failed you guys. I learned CPR when I was none of them are certified. Well, um, the scene I do also think is great because no matter how many times I watch it, it does always get me a little like, because it's the, it's the part where Kimberly turns around and she yells to Jason where she's like, um, help me pick him up. And then that song that stand by me cover kicks in. Uh, and it just, it kills me, kills me every time. It gets me. And then I will say there's some, I think there's actually some top notch uh, acting by Dacre Montgomery here too, because um, uh, when they're about to jump in the water and they're like holding the body and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And then for like a split second, his face kind of like does that thing where he's about to start uncontrollably crying. And you're like, I, it like breaks a yeah, little bit, like a, qu- just like a quiver. Yeah. And I always think that's so good. You know, that that's like really, really good. Um, that was the thing. Like, that's why when he was in that first season of stranger Th- or season two of stranger things, I was always like the scene where the dad is hitting him in the second last time. And people have been like, I don't get the point of the bully. And I'm like, you do not see what's happening with the bully. And like that whole thing. I'm like this. Is, I was, And then sure enough, season three comes around and he's got some great acting in that season. I'm like, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so yeah i said um yeah and then jason has this breakdown um and they finally all you know billy comes back to life and they all finally are able to morph and they do it's morphing time i like that scene where they're after they've morphed and they're slow motion walking out of the command center yeah and that's where that like synth really is heavy like picks up really hard I, i always enjoy that also a pretty good part of the bloopers but oh is it i haven't watched the bloopers yet (laughs) so it's like them coming up in slow motion but they like added in the cgi alpha and it's just like bill Hader (laughs) being like all right you guys look super cool but we really gotta go colder's gonna destroy the city we can start running now okay i gotta i'm gonna have to watch it i don't know why i just i realized that today when i was watching it i was like i don't think i've ever watched these bloopers um I said, um, here we go. Okay. Yeah. I said the underwater fight scene. It's just so random. And I feel like it was a waste of the budget. Like I would have liked to have seen Um, them just fighting hand to hand more. So I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever seen there? There is a video of that choreographed fight scene of what it was actually supposed to be on the, on the cliff. So it's like, it's the people that were like the stunt actors or whatever. Or something. Mm-hmm. And so they when they were rehearsing the choreographing of like the camera, the filming and the fight scene and everything, there's a video you can watch and you can see. So like, I want to say it cuts in the parts of the movie that are that you see and then it cuts back and forth. But the camera was supposed to be like one long take the entire time. And so it goes like, it just- from person to person to person as they're fighting. So it, it's not quite as like. It's not like all of a sudden quickly Kimberly's doing that quick kick around the thing and Billy's doing this weird jumping and they're doing this weird thing. It was it was like this it was whole like dance follow thing. continuously. Yeah. 
And it's like, wow, this is really good. And it, 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 it tracks because that's also, it's the type of shots that you've seen earlier in the movie that are consistent with that type of camera work. So that's one of those ones that fell by the wayside, whether it was for camera or budget reasons or something like that. I'm not sure. Cause I know budgetary wise, that's why none of them have any other weapons, but is that why none of them have other weapons? Yeah, that's what the director said, that there was only budget enough for so many things. And one of those... We can only afford one, one sword. sword. Yeah, they, I guess they had... I don't know if they had designed the other weapons or something like that, but the, the only one that could make it in was the sword. Oh, my God. Did none of the toys have so- other weapons? Um, I, Well, remember there were swords... There was the same sword, but in different colors. But I don't, I, do. I don't think that was it. But I, that doesn't really bother me that there weren't other weapons. It just was kind of like, I don't think he even needed the one sword, to be honest with you. So that's where I was like, well, it's just it comes. That's what like we were talking about earlier. Like Jason just pulls us like, OK, the what I this starts getting into, like what I actually have notes on. It's like the last 40 ish minutes are like fight scenes with suits or zords or whatever. They're only in the suits for like eight minutes before they get into zords. Right. Oh, like I, even if yeah, that I'm. It's probably that's uh, probably a minute and a half. It's not even eight minutes. Yeah. Um, and like while they're fighting on that like little cliff face, mm-hmm. Jason pulls out a sword and slices a putty in half. And then like Zach's like, gotta go. And he bounces off and like comes back with like the, the not mastodon thing. So like then they're just in the Zords. Yeah. So the sword comes into play for like a split second for just a putty. It's not like even a significant thing. So that's why when it comes back in like prominence later, it's just like, well, why does it matter if you come back for it? You didn't really need it. Like, why? I, I well, that you know, that's, I, yeah. It's one of those things that fell out of the, th- I think this movie was originally like three hours long. <laughs> so, um, I, there's um yeah I, i'll have to try and find that video to see if i can send it to you though the thing with the choreo. what um is there anything any explanation why the zords also have like weird spider legs and like it's only the black not- ranger zord none the other ones look to me like what they're supposed to look like like i see <sighs> i see the tiger i see the triceratops i see the pterodactyl the triceratops uh, the t-rex but for some reason, they were like, okay, well, the Mastodon has to have six legs and like no main. What's I don't know what I don't I don't know. There was a, there was an interview where somebody explained the the reasoning behind it. And I I don't agree with it at all. I think it's stupid. It's it's weird because like I'm looking at the Funko Pop and it. The helmet design has some of the shapes to this because the two Funko Pops are standing next to each other over here. And I'm like, oh, I see how they have the side of like the Mastodon tusk is on the side of his mask almost. And like, I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole nother thing. But regardless, um, I said I just wanted some cool choreographed fighting that didn't need to be like over the top, I feel like. And I feel like they kind of just like kept all the over the top stuff at that part. So um, well, they kept it over the top, but it lasted like 30 seconds. Well, and that's and that's again, I think that's somebody who didn't watch the show who tried to be like, OK, well, the show was always them fighting. We're going to go the complete opposite route. And I'm like, why didn't you find the happy medium of the two? Like, I wish there had been a scene where they had encountered putties at some point in their regular life and they would have fought them mm-hmm. off and they would have barely made it training. or something. Yeah. And I think that would have been 
I, I wish there had been something a little more in line with that in the show. And it, you know, the rules would have had more bearance there too. Like maybe other people saw what was going on and they couldn't morph or, you know, I, I guess that's later down the road because I, I do, I do at the same time also appreciate that they're the morphing is, is the pinnacle part of this movie. It is the moment where they have their characters arcs have reached their, you know, that moment of, of fruition and that's that's the turning point for them is when they're able to morph. So it does also make sense that story wise why they keep that back. But um, I said, I wish there had been a scene or something where Rita figured out about the gold mine or maybe she had said she needed to get strong enough to summon Goldar. And that's why she hadn't gone there yet, because it's not a very big town. And then she finally all like this whole movie, she's scrounging for gold. But then all of a sudden she's like, found it all. So. <laughs> I just think like one toss away line. It's not that big of a thing to bug me, but I also said, I, I really enjoy how big Goldar is over the rest of the town because this is a smaller town. There's no skyscrapers. So it kind of makes it almost that much scarier that there's this like massive skyscraper sized cool. monster. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I was like, well, it seems like there's this very small town surrounded by pretty much nothing. Like you would think with like, you know, living where we are, if you have that much like eye shot of something, you can see another city or another town or something like you should be able to see something unless they're in the middle of nowhere. But they're also in potentially an ocean side town. So it's weird that they don't see like there's no other cities like within eye shot considering how tall these monsters are. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But um. I said I like that they finally used the Go Go Power Rangers theme song in here. It's weird that they chose not weird, but I think it's telling that they used the movie version of it and they cut it off before it says Mighty Morphin. I don't understand that. Who mm-hmm. cares if it says Mighty Morphin? It's just describing the Rangers. So I I don't know. Um, also, they're still morphing. They're morphing Power Rangers. Who cares? Um, I yep. always have enjoyed the shot of Rita eating the donut inside of Krispy Kreme. I like mm-hmm. it. I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. And then here's the deep cut for Power Rangers. When the dad says, I'm on the corner of Mariner Bay and Reefside. What a bizarre reference here. I don't understand why, but it's the town from Lightspeed Rescue and the town from Dino Thunder. Those are the two streets. <laughs> what a weird Dino Thunder. I get Lightspeed Rescue. How random, how random, random, but uh but again, we see we th- this leads to us seeing Jason out of the Zord trying to rescue the dad and he fights a putty for a second. And I'm like, more of that. These beautiful suits went to waste. I wanted to see the suit. Yeah, I that, have never so been a big Zord the, guy. No, I the Zords are like the the least impressive part. Like that's all the pseudomation stuff, like in terms of like the Godzilla stuff that I like. But the this the regular suits are what I, I came to the series for. But the that scene with like him getting into the car and he's just like trying to get him to trust me. The fact that the dad is not trusting initially because like this is a weird dude like in a weird mask. Like I'm not going to trust him any when he's like Sam. It's like, Look at me. OK. Like that's pretty good. Um, But I do like that he doesn't trust him initially. Um, I think that. I I said I wrote that I think they're supposed to be at one with the Zords. Like I think they feel what the Zords feel. I could be wrong, but like Kimberly talks about burning and 
the way they're sweating and Zach passing out, I'm like, they must be some sort of like physical connection with these Zords. Well, I wonder if that's a, what that thing that attaches to their spine is. Yeah. Like initially it looks like it's supposed to be a seatbelt, but it looks like it's one of those like umbilical yeah. things that you would see in like but other anime. That fits like, in with the theme things. of them being together and being one and that sort of a thing too. So that's why I was like, mm-hmm. it, it just makes sense. But I said, uh, I love the line that Billy says in this movie more than once. If you must come at me, come at me, bro. Um, I just, I need something with like a little triceratops on it that says that. But, um, and then the, the Rangers falling into the pit, uh, the fiery pit with each other. I said, is this toy story three? Cause they all reach and hold or, on to each other. And then they're going to the, pit. what's the, uh, what's the episode where all the Zords are destroyed in the original series. Oh God, get over yourself. It's green with evil. It's a like green with evil part mm. three. They're not. No, even... no, 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 no. The prime time one. Like they, when they, they're never destroyed. Like the, the, there's the, the dinosaurs become was... the thunder Zords. Are you okay, talking but about they're, when the they're thunder going Zords the get destroyed and like the head falls off? No, there's like the episode that was on before X Files, where like all the dinosaurs were going in. It was like the ATV episode. Like it started no, with them on like ATV. They don't. They don't get destroyed. They're just frozen in those episodes. They all get frozen, and then yeah, they like like they're not just they like go back into the fire pit. I know what you're talking about. And and then they like go back into the fire pit. Still sounds. I guess awful. you're right. I guess you're right. They well, it's that footage they had used before too. Where they're always watching them. But in the Green with Evil, the Megazord straight up falls into that fire pit, like straight up, like somebody just like dropped the toy off the side of a table into it. It wasn't slow motion or anything. It was like, oh no, Craig, my toy. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. Um, uh, I said uh, that was my sons. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. Um. I, okay, so when they do get pushed in the pit, though, I wrote a note where I said, how deep is this pit like that exists now in Angel Grove? Because they're falling for a, like a bit. And then also, like, are we talking like it's a hole that goes all the way to China? Like, did they dig straight through to the other side of the world? I mean, the Zords are not that tall. Like, the Megazord is not that tall. But is the Zeo crystal in the center of the Earth? I don't think so. I don't know. But I, I wrote I wrote a... Uh, Oh, one of my favorite parts in this movie is with, like you said, uh, with Elizabeth Banks as Rita. And it's the part where like Jason is like, well, we need you to turn over your coin and your staff to us and we'll take you to Zordon. And she says, Zordon, judge me never. And and she said, no matter what Zordon says, I know I am worthy. And there's just that there's some sort of like a beautiful allusion to this complicated relationship that I know they were friends, but Mm -hmm. It, knowing how Zordon was the way he was when the Rangers were there, I was like, Zordon was the one who messed her up. I think like also when she says, judge me, you're like, okay, so like Zordon's clearly been like sketchy maybe in the past or something. I don't know. It's, it's probably my favorite, one of my favorite, like little kind of innuendo or, or, or references to something that we don't know in this movie that we'll never get to know. But, mm-hmm. um, and then also, of course I love how the slap joke Wait, comes back around. Yeah, sorry, bro. No sequel. Um, I mean, I'm gonna assume they're not the time traveling Power Rangers. So, uh, but uh, yeah. So I said I like the slap joke how that comes back and Billy's reaction specifically, where he's like, "You guys don't get it. You weren't there." <laughs> like, uh, 
me and me and Jason are best friends. We yeah. have this joke. Yeah. You know, Jason, I got it. I got it. Um, I also cut to Amy Joe and JDF cameo. What? Mm-hmm. I'll never understand why. Weird I green screen, but it's. Do you prefer that one or the one that's in the deleted? Scenes? I prefer that one. They're okay. they're just both so. They're both so brief. It's insane to me. Like I, Amy Joe Johnson said that she would love to play Rita. Why wouldn't you cast her as Rita? If the reboot Especially, happens, make her Rita. Think, like the scene from Turbo where it's like, we're your friends, Kim. And she's like, friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sweetie, she's so good out. at playing like, feisty evil like she would use there's that's that episode of the show where she's in the rita costume pretending to be rita mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah she should be rita so that's why i'm like if amy joe johnson original pink ranger says that she'll be in your movie playing rita repulsa you stop all contacts with all other people and you make a rita of course i think she said this maybe after this movie though so i don't know so i'd like to see that happen though someday in in some sort of fan world but uh um Again, I wrote Jason puts the sword back and there's this weird kind of reference to a story that's not in the movie. And then Kimberly takes this photo down where she looks at them like laughing on the top of the mountain. And I'm like, who took that photo, Kimberly? And also, if you took that photo, what a staged photo you took. Like, I, but like, I mean, she, she put like a self timer. Well, she might not have been in the photo either. I can't see very clearly. So I'd, I'm probably just being judgy. But then we get to the end of the movie and it ends and it's, you know, fun and happy. And then we get our Tommy T's halfway through the credits that we're never going to get ex- explored. And we get the jacket the- had a Rita on it. The jacket, what? The jacket has Rita on it. No, it doesn't. What does the jacket have on it? It's Rita's like head crown thing. No, it's not. I don't believe you. I. I'm going to look this up. I don't believe you. But then I have a couple of little notes um, about this movie. I said, I, I, I find it interesting that this, this movie to me plays as like an indie power Rangers film. Like it took power Rangers, And then it's like, well, let's make it like this small little kind of thing about just the angsty teenager part of this and less about being a power ranger. And I'm like, well, I don't, I, I think I, I admire it for that reason. You know, it's like it exists as its own one. thing. It's the it's the Joker to the Batman universe. You know, that sort of a thing. The Joker movie. Um, only less dark. Like but, side story. Yeah, it's like a, it exists in its own little world. And it's really just about that. What does it take to be a Power Ranger? And I do appreciate that. It diving into that aspect. You know, it it. it I always thought Power Rangers would go the Transformers route sort of a thing and try and make it be like, okay, well, it's PG-13 and it's kind of for everybody. We lean toward the adult stuff, but it's over the top sort of stuff. But I I was thinking about it today when I was watching it, though, and I think this movie plays out to me like I imagine how a if this had been not a movie, but a, a, like a 10 episode Netflix original TV show. Hmm. think about it like if we had gotten all those pieces of the story that we were missing and this show culminated with that megazord being the finale of the netflix original movie i think this i think we would have gotten another season i think this would have been very much more popular i think um but you know netflix it wasn't like that in 2017 they've come so far with that sort of content but i think like wow i think that this movie is literally to me makes me think of that sort of aesthetic and that sort of storytelling with it. But mm-hmm. I also wrote in the, my notes here about the thing about iconography of the show and how much of it was missing and stripped away and changed. And I feel like that's kind of where this movie failed. And if you 
you take a blueprint of like the Star Trek 2009 movie, how that took what already existed in the show and made it its own thing, but still you could watch it and know like that show, that movie also exists to exist technically within canon of the other movies, you know, but it creates its own timeline in the movie. That's part of the plot, but it still is like, I think this could have done something similar, made like an updated version, but still have been true to that original thing. But um, too afraid to, I think. Yeah. I, I think that I th- again, I think about that thing where it was a movie that was embarrassed to be a power Rangers. Movie. I think it was embarrassed to confront some of that stuff, you know, it, it did. It wasn't afraid to do things that power Rangers was afraid to do before, but it was afraid to be a power Rangers thing. If that makes sense. Like, I think it was afraid to lean into the campy side of power Rangers. And I think that's, you know, a lot of reason why people come back to mighty Morphin being like such a favorite. And I know it's not the best in terms of like storytelling and stuff like that, but Mighty Morphin had this kind of line where it sometimes it was way over on the campy side, but it had that it 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 had that edge to it because of that like '90s grunge kind of pop, not pop, uh, that rock score and the soundtrack it had, and then it had like the kids were dressed cool for us, and you know, and they like it was always the like they might they were the good kids that might get in trouble because of this superpower, but like. It, it it had but then they were dealing with stupid ridiculous stuff like bullying and things like that in in a funny manner and i get that that doesn't all translate very well to 20 you know to 2017 time when this movie came out but it is it is a little bit of that that's kind of missing that kind of they're missing i guess they're not missing it but the the everyday stuff of their life that they deal with in this movie is very different than the everyday stuff that the teenagers deal with and that we're dealing with in the 90s but to say that the nineties was just the kid version of it isn't true either because Kimberly deals with their parents' divorce and stuff mm-hmm. like that in there. And, you know, and so I always think about that story being like, well, it leaned into some of that stuff. And so you can kind of have both. It, it, it needed to find some sort of like, I'm not saying it, it no. was bad. I thought this movie, if somebody else came in, I said, and directed another one, or this director maybe was like, really, I think, I think there could have been another really good one. I would have liked to have seen at least one more in this, in this movie franchise. I agree. Like, again, like the, especially like the ending credits thing of the J, the Tommy like tease got me like, and I sent you a message. It is like Rita's original design is on his jacket. Um, but that was the thing that I would like to see. The The director, I think, went on to do the Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot. Yeah, he did. He also did um, that Time Machine uh, movie that he did before this. I forget what it's called. I bought it for like $2 on like Black Friday. But um, is it not Chron- Chronicles, not that um, the. No, but apparently this was supposed to be like Chronicle. I never saw Chronicle, though. So it, I, it was like me, the yeah. butterfly effect thing. Is that what it was like the that time machine thing, like where the kid had it in his backpack? Project Almanac. Yep, that's the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, writer wise, like one of the writers went on to do Lost in Space, which is pretty good. And then Morbius, like Lost in which Space a lot. we don't know. Um, We won't know for a couple months, but he also did gods of egypt so um i don't know like i enjoy this movie this is one of those things where like i'm not ashamed to to 
like have people try this if they're not sure if they like Power Rangers before I have them watch the 1995 movie or something because like there's a lot of like character stuff that I think is deeper more significant with this Um, like I said like Zach's storyline is like subdued as it is in terms of everything else like I appreciate a lot like just the fact that like he's trying to do all these crazy things like you were saying like he was apparently wanting to be a YouTube star or something um, just so he can get money to take care of his dying mother like that's his whole thing like his mother is dying and he's the only caregiver Um, the well he's definitely the least developed of all the characters too you know yeah the least explored Um, but the the role of that individual kind of sucks and like it's not something that's false like there are people who have to take care of dying parents and they're like they have to go to school and they have to choose whether they go to school or whether they take care of their parents on a day-to-day basis and like so that was something that i was like that's something i don't see in teen or adolescent movies at all and it was definitely not something i was expecting to see in a power rangers movie of all things um but then like it's not fully developed but i do like seeing like at the tail end like where she's like oh there were these brave like warriors doing this blah 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 blah. like that that moment is very cute to me I would have liked to have seen too how it would have, uh, you know, they're basically like seniors in this, right? Because you know, maybe, maybe later this is the end of junior year, but he talks about having to graduate. So, i I would have liked to have, uh, I would have liked to have seen maybe the next movie deals with them being seniors, or maybe it still is this, or um, I'm sorry, uh, in college or having to deal with that pressure of college added to this, and you know, and then Tommy, I would have liked to have seen the Green Ranger and how that fit into this too, you know, and. That was the other somebody wreak havoc on their social life now, too. That was the the other thing that I was going to bring up the with this being what a workshop um, and having individuals who are like still releasing stuff. One of the original illustrators, I guess, on this movie has been very recently like releasing sketches of the Green Ranger stuff of like what that would have looked like and what kind of and he's been doing new sketches because of how popular well it was there is also um they did make a graphic novel called aftershock i think and i haven't read it um but i guess that is technically like an official sequel to this it's not like the next story so i don't think it has the green ranger in it i don't think i Mm -hmm. knew that it was a sequel but i also didn't pay attention to it because the comics really hadn't been much to me yet and now that I've seen how good they've been. I'm like, I need to go back and get that. I have like a sample of it that came with the Blu-ray, I think, but I don't have it. It's um, from what I recall of aftershocks, it's like them cleaning up part of the city. Like they're, they're in their normal suits. It's not in Zord. So which that's the thing that we wanted from the movie, probably more predominantly than what we got. But that's what aftershocks seems to be. It's like them doing regular Ranger stuff. And like, having conversations. Mm -hmm. Well, any final thoughts on the movie, Ken, before we close up shop on this conversation? Um, I liked it. It's, I like all those actors that are in that movie. Um, I would have loved to see a sequel. Uh, it's unfortunate that we didn't get one. It's, I'm curious to see what they do with that new kind of like proposed one. That's like the time travel one, um, that I don't assume is Mm. they're They're going to shy away from the original campy stuff. Um, um, I don't know. Well, what do you think? 
I, I, I think if we're going to, I mean, just the original one, I think it'll be a new Power Ranger team going back. So I'm hoping it won't have, it'll be basically being like, here's, here's Mighty Morphin for you who want to see Mighty Morphin. But after this, it's not Mighty Morphin anymore. And so, that, cause that's, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see them since the show still goes on or, you know, God forbid the show eventually comes to an end. I, I would like to see, I would like to see it carry on in that sort of medium or like, you know, in a Netflix show or something. And like, maybe it doesn't heavily have to rely on or take it into like a Buffy route or something like that and make it an original version of power Rangers or something. And, you know, I get the toy sales are a big part of this, though, is what keeps it going for so long. So I understand that. But overall, I do think that this movie was an enjoyable watch. I think if you're somebody going into I think you don't have to be a Power Rangers fan to enjoy this movie. I think that it is it a perfect movie. Absolutely not. But I do. I think it's worth like watching on a streaming service or even just renting or buying it for when it's on sale. You know, just get it like it's been so cheap so often. Right. Like I I think you can on the regular get it for like 10 bucks on Blu-ray when it usually comes with like a digital copy and stuff like that. uh, if it's a movie, I always say, if you're going to watch it more than once, it's worth owning. And I, I feel that way about this movie. I think it's worth the purse, you know, the purchase price. I do obviously enjoy power Rangers. I actually think if you're not a power Rangers fan, you might even enjoy it more than a power Rangers fan because you have less expectations of the movie or something. But I think the, the, I think what I appreciate most about it is the emotional story. It tried it, it told and succeeded in many ways, if not every way, you know, it not in every way, obviously, but it exceed, it succeeded in many ways. And I do think it's a shame that we'll never see it like go past this, but who knows, you know, we're in that time frame where things come and go. And I think it was great that all the actors have kind of gone on to do other things. Um, great other things, you know, so, so that's that. Well, thank you everybody for having this journey with us. Um, uh, about the 2017 movie. Thank you, Ken, for having this discussion. Um, at hey, thank length, you. you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I know every week it's twisting your arm to have these Power Ranger conversations, but I know, right? The, the reality is, you're the one always asking me when we're recording. So <laughs> I'm like, but, when are we doing this? Because I have. I know. I always, I always anyway. feel bad because uh, I, I have a work where I can't always predict when it's done and. Uh, and that's fine. And uh, I like to I like to know everything we're going to talk about. So, but thank you, everyone out there, for listening. And uh, remember, if you want to get in touch with us, if you'd like to uh, suggest future uh, conversation topics or anything like that, please. If you want to follow us on social media, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram. Those are both podcast rangers excuse me podcast rangers um on twitter on instagram on youtube too if you prefer to listen to this on youtube it'll be there eventually i'll do some videos on there and everything like that but um you can send us an email at podcast rangers at gmail.com um anything that you'd show topic ideas always open to that sort of stuff then then we know i'd like to get some engagement going with the uh, five people that listen to this you know i want to hear your thoughts and feelings and so yeah mom come on message me back um but again thank you everyone out there for listening and we will be back with another episode of podcast rangers